You're listening to Fox on the Wire podcast. Welcome everybody to another episode of Fox on the Wire. How are we all doing tonight or today, whenever you might be listening? Uh, with me tonight is Mark Fisher, also known as Fisher. Welcome, Mark. Hey, how are we going? Good, how are you? Very well. Thanks for trekking out my way from the other side of town. Uh, all good. Pleasure. You been well? Yes. Yeah. No, we've done the, uh, the whole caught up thing and um, yep. yeah. You watched me eat my dinner and- <laughs> We have uh, Maverick as a special guest this evening as well. Yeah, he's dozing off on the chair next to me, but we'll see how long he lasts. <laughs> Uh, so how's uh, how's 2019 treated you? Look, it has been pretty deliberately quiet, uh, musically speaking. Um, but in, at the same time, it's still been um, very productive. Um, so yeah, I've kind of um, not taken on such a, a hefty gig schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's kind of been to sort of hone in and and focus on getting some recording finished or at least progressed to finished. Cool. Um, and yeah, I've sort of moved to, um, a new area as well. So it kind of, um, has meant I've taken some time out to, to get used to that. Nice. Um, but yeah, it's, um, there's, it's, it's always a busy time. Um, even in downtime, I think I find that's actually when you start feeling creative again, Mm. uh, when you're not like rushing around and, and with a crazy schedule, it's sort of like taking the time to to write a little bit as well so yeah yeah and giving giving songs some time to to breathe as well yeah. um some different ideas i've been working on and they've actually started to to finish as well so cool yeah it's been productive very good yeah i miss those times when we were younger when we had more <laughs> spare time and we could just <laughs> yeah. sit around and just see what came out of the guitar now yeah yeah your time so limited just to sit around and see what happens and play around and See what pops yeah. out. I it's find. like I've got uh, spare twenty minutes this week, and I'm yeah. I'm definitely <laughs> going to use it. <laughs> I'm definitely going to be creative in those twenty minutes. And, and then you get yeah. there, and it's like <laughs> oh, shit. Now, um, I wanted to talk to you about your playing style, your guitar work. Yep. Um, I think on your website, it's sort of explained as extreme hybrid alternative technique. Acoustic guitar. <laughs> I don't know where I pulled that from, but I think it was your to make it sound as exciting as possible. <laughs> Like a movie premiere. How did you develop your style? Where did it come from? Um, look, lots of sources, um, and it is probably a, a long story to sort of delve into. Um, we have the time. <laughs> <laughs> if only we were having some sort of conversation that was being recorded right yeah. now. Um, yeah, look, I started off um, playing in bands, and um, I think with that, I was always... Um, I was always the youngest some, somehow, and there was always people above me, uh, older than me, um, more trained than I was, um, and I always had this sort of eagerness to keep up and, and learn as much as I could. So I would always be asking them, you know, show me how you did that. How, how do you do that? What, what are you doing there? And I think that was kind of just the nature of, of me growing up musically um, was was that trying to, to, to learn as much as I possibly could. Um, and, yeah, like I said, I was playing in bands, lots of di- different instruments as well. Mm. Um, and then, of course, when all of those uh, bands have gone by the wayside, as they tend to do, yep. um, 
it was like, well, you know, I could do something on my own. Um, so I thought, yeah, look, I'll, I'll concentrate on acoustic guitar. Uh, it's obviously most accessible for being on your own. Um, and yeah, it sort of took off that way. Um, you know, doing your normal sort of, um, Friday night sort of restaurant covers and that sort of thing. And that's where it all sort of started. But, um, then I sort of had the, the idea of expanding it into looping and then starting to incorporate some of those instruments from, um, like keyboards and bass and everything else. And, uh, and I went down that path for a little while. Um, and to be honest, it was probably laziness more than anything that I was just like, you know what, this is too much stuff to be carrying around and, you know, trying to have your head around each night. Um, so it was, I am getting to the point, I promise. Um, <laughs> um, so my style is pretty much trying to make as much sound, um, as possible. Um, and funnily enough, it meant for me was to sort of get rid of the, the looping side of things, to be honest. Um, I like sort of more the challenge of doing it sort of all at once. Um, so then it was kind of like trying to find ways of making that possible. Um, and through all the times of, you know, growing up in the nineties with, you know, grunge and bands and all that kind of thing, as I say, um, I also had this draw to the acoustic guitar. Um, and that was through Tommy Emmanuel. So that was kind of where a lot of, um, my background foundation of instrumental guitar came from. Um, and also, if you've seen sort of Tommy back in his heyday, um, what is possible on an acoustic guitar, mm. um, it's, yeah, incredible. Um, but then he sort of also sort of keeps himself quite in, in, um, in a neat little box. Um, and I was always sort of wanting to see, as I say, what was beyond that. Um, so from there, um, there was a big trend of a lot of instrumental guitarists doing a lot of different alternative techniques. Um, and yeah, in the, as soon as YouTube, uh, became a big thing and being able to see these musicians from all over the world and, you know, um, how they were doing things visually mm. rather than just trying to listen to it mm. and figure out what was going on. Um, when you could see it, that was really exciting for me. Um, and it wasn't long until I was sort of exploring um, those sorts of techniques, um, you know, be it tapping over the hands, um, percussion on the, the, the body of the guitar. Um, but, yeah, again, back in those days of it, a lot of it was just instrumental. Mm. Um, and I always liked being a singer-songwriter. Yeah. I always liked sort of being able to tell a story and try to convey an emotion or a moment or um, – and as much as, yeah, I like instrumental music and you can get that dynamic from instrumental music, um, I always wanted to have that as part of what I, what I did. Um, so, yeah, as I say, a lot of the techniques were there's, that's probably another little conversation to get into yeah. later upon with, uh, with that. Um, but then I sort of came across, um, people like 
Newton Faulkner um, and uh, one to look up as well, Pateri Sariola. Um, he's a guy from Finland. Um, and, uh, and also, yeah, John Gom was another one. Um, so those three guys in particular um, started to use those techniques, but in amongst a song mm. that had verse, chorus, lyrics, you know, as well. Yeah. Um, and to me, that was, that was where I wanted to be. That was where I wanted um, to set my challenge. Yeah. Um, and that actually sort of meant simplifying a little bit of what I was doing mm. instrumentally on the guitar um, so that I could have brain space to figure out how to <laughs> put a, a, a vocal melody over the top of it yeah. and create space for that as well. So, yeah, it's a bit of a fine balance, um, but I think it was a lot of learning different techniques and different influences and then finding out what I was going to do with all of that and mm. try and put it in a, a, a neat little package of my own, um, even though it's drawn from lots of different people of, uh, that have, you know, influenced me in one way or another. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a style that needs to be seen, not just heard. Uh, hence your YouTube channel, which is quite big. Uh, uh, obviously, got a good following. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, it's not something I've I've sort of focused on for a, for a while. Um, again, I think that's to me, it's, it's sort of a bit just me being lazy, mm. um, and and not really being too tech savvy either. Like um, as far as you know, there's some pretty slick production out there these days. There and, is. Um, it's it's sort of hard to to keep up with that. To be honest, yeah. Um, yeah, everything's pretty much in-house with me, so... Mm. Yeah, it's a style that really makes use of the guitar in all sorts of ways. Yep. I guess uh, you're talking electric guitar, someone like Tom Morello... Yep, just yep. ...invented these really strange... Yeah. ...like using all sorts of uh, effects and stuff like that. I still don't know. Like, you watch him and it's like, what yeah. the hell's he doing? Yeah. Um, but yeah, with the acoustic guitar, you... You wouldn't be able to have all those effects like whammy pedals and stuff like that. Or you could can, you? yeah. Can. If, 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 funnily oh. enough, there's got there's a lot of guys out there doing right. some really crazy things, um, and um, yeah, a lot of guys using l- just as bigger pedal boards as electric guitars. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's a crazy technique to watch. I mean, I've seen a few of your shows now, and over the last few years, yeah, yep. you obviously make very good use of you know, vocal and as well yeah, as instrumental. Yeah, yeah. Obviously taking you a little while to... It, it, it has. But worth it. Um, yeah, and as I say, there's kind of been a little set formula of, of um, yeah, trying to keep um, a balance of mm. perhaps having ones which are a little bit more technical as instrumentals um, and then also having uh, ones which feel like they are stripped back a little bit in order to to have as more of just a, a singer-songwriter type of um, situation. But even with those, like, I'd like to incorporate, you know, bits of those um, techniques in there. Um, and a lot of it does come down to um, the tuning of the guitar, yeah. um, which is, yeah, I know a, a, a big little segue here um, into tunings. Let's but, do it. Um, <laughs> it, it, it. It really is. Like, there are uh, certain things that, with a, a guitar in standard tuning, if you tried to do them, it's just 
not going to sound right at all. Mm. Um, and the idea with the alternate tunings is that essentially the guitar, uh, even in an, an open strum, will be a chord, um, you know, be it major or minor or, yeah. or quite um, simple as in, you know, um, just, you know, one five intervals or, um, or it could be very detailed and, and have quite a complex chord um, behind it. But basically all it means is that, and it is a bit of a cheat, like no matter what you hit, it's all going to be <laughs> in, yeah. in key. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but it also just allows, funnily enough, it allows you to simplify a lot of what you do. Um, chord shapes are no longer, you know, quite, you know, four-fingered sort of complex shapes. You can just do like, octaves and and so forth Mm. to give you quite a full sound yeah um and what that does is it also just frees up um like it simplifies the hands a little bit in in the left hand um and yeah allows you to sort of incorporate some other things in there um and and making sort of you know sweeter melodies are all in there and they're Mm. just compacted down uh, a little bit more because everything's in that chord already yeah because you might only have to fret one string yeah and you get some really nice overtones with yeah. the rest of the five strings if That's you want right. and yep. um and a lot of it is movable as well so yeah. even though uh you can just keep that one finger but just um have that higher up on the neck yeah and you'll be getting all of your you know majors and minors and everything that will color the, mm. the chord progression but you're not actually changing what you're yeah. doing. <laughs> Sounds really sort of not complicated, but um, and it's actually not hard to play at all. It's just yeah, those yeah. open tunings open up so many different colours. They do, and and it and it voices the guitar differently too. Like yeah. as I say, like if you've got a um, you know a very major open tuning, it's obviously going to sound very bright and happy no matter what you do. Mm. If you darken up that tuning. Um, yeah, you can get that sort of emotive dynamic just from retuning the guitar. Mm. Um, and a, a lot of it was convenience as well. Like um, I, I would sort of sit and play around with a tuning as well. Um, like you'd obviously uh, have a starting point, but if you found something was too much of a reach or you couldn't quite get there uh, on, on the fretboard as such, if you just retune it, yeah, just suddenly it. it's accessible. <laughs> um, and all you've got to do then is just remember what you've changed yeah. and, and jot it down, like make sure you remember it. Um, but yeah, a lot of the time it is just what's convenient and, mm. and playing around with it as well. Yeah. Um, my, my little formula, which I'll, I'll explain, is um, I will sort of sit and play around with a tuning, um, develop it, come up with chord shapes, um, different ways of, of working around that tuning um, and my formula is that within that tuning I'll write an instrumental piece a lyrical piece mm. and then I'll arrange a cover of whatever song it, and it generally tends to be quite random it, and the cover will generally um, turn up whilst I'm trying to write the other two so I'll be I'll be playing around and uh, writing my own stuff, but yep. then sure enough, I'll be like, 
that sounds familiar. What does that sound like? And before you know it, you've you've then realized what you're going to arrange as a cover. Yeah. Um, but the reason why I do that is um, so that within any tuning, you've got that versatility depending on what room you're in, what mm. venue you're playing at. Um, if it's just a background sort of more instrumental thing, you've got one there. Um, if you've got, uh, you know, if you're a bit more sort of front and centre on the night, you've also then got a lyrical song to back it up with. Um, and then, yeah, depending on whether covers are appropriate or not, you'll, you've also got something there. Yeah. Um, and again, the idea with that is also to be quite um, fluid within a set list mm. as well. So you've got that variety of what you can put in order. Yeah. But you're then not having to retune all the time because that's yep. probably one of my biggest things I'm up against is mm-hmm. that with all of these tunings, um, I've got a little list obviously on a set list that I can use to remember, but that doesn't stop you know the breaks in between of of having to retune and all that kind of thing. So at least if you've got you know um, three or four songs within each tuning mm. that you know. Um, then that that gives you enough sort of versatility. And it's also at that point that I'll go, you know what? All right, that's done. I'll move on. And then find a, find a different tuning and start again. Yeah, okay. And then that way you're kind of not bogged down in Dadgad or Open Sea mm. and you just, you know, live your life in, the, in that box. Mm. Um, it, it sort of forces you to to write and be a bit more creative as well. Yeah, because you really don't know what you're doing within those tunings. You're just it takes time, yeah. fumbling around. It but takes time, yeah. When you find some good stuff too. Yeah, as I say, it's, um, it, it does take time and it is a mm. bit of experimentation. Um, I, I find I'm doing a bit less of it these days um, because it does take so much time. Yeah. Um, you, you know, sometimes if you've only got you know, uh, half an hour just to chill out and, and play, um, you don't want to be sort of, you know, searching for that um, <laughs> that magic chord that you can't find. Mm. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, of, of the ones... Uh, of the ones that I've got, like, as I say, it, it's a matter of recording them and, and so you, you, you can always go back to them. But it's also just sometimes adjusting ones that you've got as mm. well. You know, um, if I take one string down a tone, what does that do? And sometimes that's enough to go, whoa, that's completely different. Yeah. And suddenly you're, you're doing something that's, you know, almost like an ethnic tuning or, mm. or, you know, it's like, wow, that sounds completely different Yeah, just by doing that one thing. So, so you're not lugging around a bunch of different guitars and different tunings. You're tuning on the spot. Uh, yeah, that's so another way that, to fix it. That just- that was <laughs> that was another point of development as well. Mm. Um, I I noticed that, and this was part of the big learning curve as well. Um, seeing guys who do this, like how do they do it? Um, and of course, yeah, having um, having a guitar tech off stage that's retuning all of your guitars and walking out on stage and handing you a freshly tuned guitar, which is one of seven. Um, would be the ideal situation, but yeah, we <laughs> we're not in that um, in that situation myself. So um, yeah, I started off just by doing it on one guitar, mm. um, and yeah, I have to admit that guitar sort of really held up to it. 
mm. and no matter what I was doing to it, um, it was it was handling it. But yeah, it it did become an issue. I noticed um, in between songs and just having enough banter to sort of engage in that time, which is always a bit awkward as it well. Can be awkward, very much so. <laughs> um, so yeah, then I did sort of start bringing um, extra guitars. Um, but also what that allowed me then to do was to sort of categorize the tunings that I'd be using on that guitar. So it wasn't such a drastic change. Mm. Um, so yeah, like now I've, now I, I, I like to travel with three um, if I can, if it's, you know, space allows sort of thing. Um, because yeah, then that way I've got um, a guitar for each sort of a group of tuning, um, you know, one that lives in sort of C's, C and, C's and C sharps and one that lives in D's um, in all variations. But at least, as I say, you're not having to do those real drastic changes yeah. um, which can cause guitars to get cranky sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> it still can be a bit of an awkward thing changing over guitars it, too many times it, as well. Yeah, it can be. And, yeah, I... I um, Deliberately bought, um, so the first guitar that I started using um, alternate techniques and alternate tunings on um, was a Maiden 808. Mm. Um, so in my infinite wisdom, I thought, you know what, if I buy another Maiden 808, then they should be pretty similar in EQ and so forth. Um, but of course, I got one that had a slightly different timber top uh, and one that wasn't a cutaway. And uh, suddenly, um, that theory just went out of, of the window mm. completely because when I noticed when I was changing guitars, like suddenly all EQs would be completely, oh, completely yeah. out. Um, and then, yeah, now the third guitar is um, a Cole Clark, which I did buy as a point of difference, um, but didn't realize how different it would mm. actually be. And it took me a long time to get out of the um to get out of the notion of trying to make it sound like my other guitars yeah the beauty of it is that it is different it's yeah. supposed to sound different you know let it have its own voice and um so yeah as i say now that i've got them in those sort of set tunings roughly um it does allow them to sort of take on their own sort of personality um but a lot of the time too i was very much a simple type of guy as far as you know just rock up plug into the pa and and mm -hmm. that was it um but it was only sort of since probably the last couple of years where i've started to um do a few more support slots and actually start playing with some of the guys that i used to look really up to and see how they mm. do things uh, and how much control they like over their their actual individual tone yeah um that taught me a lot as far as you know what if you want to do these things um you need to sort of control your sound enough to do it because mm. uh, not everyone's going to understand what no. you, you want exactly especially if you don't communicate that beforehand yeah which um, is often we don't get the chance really like yeah you don't yeah. really get a sound check yeah um you know like we like to have a lot of the time yeah yeah and for me it also meant that um you know obviously 
having my own sort of stuff helped as well. So now it's kind of got to the point where I do like to travel. If it's, you know, smaller type stuff, I actually do like to prefer just to use my own PA Mm. um, because you know how it works, you know how it's going to react. If something's not quite right, you know where to go to fix it. Um, And yeah, I'm sort of incorporating um, a sub as part of that setup as well. And that really makes a lot of those lower tunings um and the guitar percussion and that sort of thing really stand out now mm. and so, so to not have that um is suddenly such a strange feeling mm. <laughs> so yeah i mean i don't want to sort of sound you know like one of the yeah, elite gear type people that <laughs> have to have certain set setups but um yeah it is something that you do get used to yeah and um yeah i've sort of seen the the beauty of it as i say again just by playing with these these other guys who uh one of them in particular he had everything sort of you know as presets on a on a laptop and so instead of a, a pedal unit he literally had a like mm. a, a laptop nearby and was doing everything through that it's like wow. whoa that's like next level <laughs> i mean it is important to have good sound mm. not even just familiar sound but good sound because when it's bad it yeah. really throws you off yeah and yeah. then you really pissed off with yourself afterwards and that takes days if not weeks to shake off yeah um, yeah that's so. i think that's one of the things um yeah which i mean i'm i'm sure we can we can both open mm. up on you know parts of of that but yeah being a solo musician mm. it is kind of heavily on your shoulders as whether you have a good night or whether you have it a bad night yeah. there's no one to uh to draw energy off or um you know console in <laughs> or, or uh to help out um you know you 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 kind of on your own to make yeah. it work and make it happen um and yeah sometimes it just doesn't get yeah. doesn't quite get there oh man it's that inner voice it's like come on man just <laughs> get through the set you know there's only 20 minutes left let's do it yeah get through it yep. as best you can it's going to be yep. okay you got to take the good with the bad, I guess, like with anything. So, yeah. um, have so, you found any tricks along those lines? Like, if you are, <laughs> if you are in the middle of a bad night, yeah, um, you know, be it sound or or just your own sort of personal motivation for being there, mm. like, have you had any yeah. <laughs> a, any any pearls of wisdom? Because yeah. oh, it's a constant thing with me. I mean. I'm generally very ungrounded. You can just ask Tahani that. Yeah. Uh, so my biggest problem is actually grounding myself, you know, just in general. Yep. So I've tried to really realize that mm-hmm. and then try and bring myself back. Um, I, I guess every gig is going to be a bit different and um, you've got to roll with that. You can't control yep. too much. And if the sound's bad, well... What can you do? Yeah, um, yeah. Because often, you know, with some of these smaller gigs, you don't really get a sound check. Yeah, uh, yeah. especially a extensive one. Yeah. Um, partly because when you're setting up, you, ever, uh, you know, the crowd's there, mm. and you fuck around too long. <laughs> you know, you don't want a sound check in front of people. It's just yeah. shit. So generally, your first song is your sound check. Uh, I don't know. I'll just try and get back in my in my space and make the most of it um, yeah. and tell myself, you know, been at work all week, 
all you want to do is play guitar when you're there. Mm. Uh, so here you are, you've got a gig, you've got people in front of you, let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it. Uh, do you find that you like you draw off people as well? Like if um, that's probably one of the biggest ones for me, I find that depending on the gig, like if, if I know that I'm only, you know, background music and, mm-hmm. you know, then that's okay. You can get into that mode of, mm-hmm. okay, you know, um, I'm, I'm, I'm not the feature tonight. It's, it's literally just, <laughs> just background music for, for, yeah. for people. That's fine if you know that beforehand. But if, um, yeah, I, I find I draw off the crowd's response a lot. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure whether that's me sort of just being hypersensitive. Um, but, yeah, if, if things aren't sort of quite connecting or if it's mm. a struggle to engage, um, and that can sometimes depend on, you know, just physics. If, it's a, if you're far away or if you're in a corner or, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it just, or it's, it's particularly busy and, and loud. Um, yeah, that's hard. Yeah. Or yeah. if you're on the same level, like if you're on the floor, just yep. in the corner, yeah. and you're actually not on a stage. Yeah. I find that takes away a bit of the illusion of what you're trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's good to be elevated. Um, <laughs> Look at all these requirements we're racking yeah. up for ourselves. We need good sound. We yeah. need stage elevation. Oh, man. <laughs> well, you know, we've done those really shitty gigs, so it's <laughs> nice to try and aim for the good ones, I guess. Um yeah. But yeah, like kind of what you were saying, I think before we hit record about not seeing people's faces. Yeah. Or yep. not knowing there's people there, obviously, but yep. Yep. they're almost faceless and you can just feel their presence. Uh, yeah. And feeling the shape of the room, trying to yeah. fill up the room. Yeah. Because that's one thing. That's another thing I try and uh, I guess think of and emulate i remember seeing um uh chris cornell solo mm-hmm. uh at the palais theater and i think we were up in the top you know the top part yeah but just the way it was just him just yeah. the way he filled up the whole room with his mm. sound and it wasn't a pa thing it was like a, a presence thing and he he was working the room like he knew how to yeah work the acoustics if that yep. makes any sense at yeah all. yeah absolutely um and i could i could feel that or something and i'm yep. like that's amazing that's just him yeah um so it wasn't just being punched in the face with a big sound it was yep. Um, yep. it was more than that so try and think of that um i'm sure that takes years to you know master yeah or understand yep. properly but i just remember that sort of moment and um that's a big reason why I like playing solo, filling up that space and the sound and um, trying to touch people in that way, I guess. Mm. Mm. I think if you've also like got that in mind as you're writing songs, yes. like if you know, hey, I'm probably going to be performing this one day, yeah. it, that sort of then opens up a lot of, I feel like, different ideas that aren't necessarily lyrics or chords mm. it can be more of the dynamic of the song itself like yep. um and sometimes that can be like a, a quiet bit or mm. um you know you've got a certain order of songs that sort of plays around with mm. people's you know uh, as i say just dynamics yep. um and again like you said that 
involves reading the room. Like yeah. if if um, I also heard um, a really cool thing, um, which uh, it's actually it's it's actually in a in a book um, written by Victor Wooten, the bass player, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's called the music lesson. Um, but it's it's not theory at all. Uh, it's actually not what you think. It's actually really cool a way um, of changing your musical perspective of mm. performing and that sort of thing. Um, and what he what he put in there, and it's it's almost like a a fiction story, but it takes you on this lesson of 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 learning things as you go. Um, but yeah, he talks about when you feel that instant of engaging with the crowd and you've you've finally got them after your hard work of trying to make that happen yeah um he said like the natural thing is adrenaline to kick in and you you start overperforming or mm. getting louder and that sort of thing um but yeah he was talking about how like the second that you feel that you have engaged you've made that connection play quieter because it will cause people to to come in further to listen to mm. you more. Um, and it was just, yeah, things like that where it sort of it flips the way you would naturally feel yep. in the moment on stage. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. Um, so, yeah. yeah, for any uh, performer out there, it's a good read. Yeah, because a lot of time for myself, I've written songs. I've just written songs. So, mm. you know, how, however I feel tonight when I pick up my guitar, that's the song I'm writing. Uh, and then generally, all right, I've written the song, I've rehearsed it, now let's go play it live. And mm-hmm. it doesn't, maybe it doesn't work mm-hmm. or it doesn't have any impact, you know, maybe it doesn't flow enough like you were saying, not enough up and downs to have that kick that you need live. So... Yeah, I guess that is good to think of, you know, that I am going to be playing this live. Yeah. How can I make it a bit more of a roller coaster maybe? Yeah. Or something. Yeah. And I think that's like it's um it's important to try those things. Yeah, like be brave enough to okay, it's not finished. It's not exactly the way I want it. It's not perfect. But I'm still going to play it. Mm. Um because that's going to be the time that you learn what's not working mm. um and and sometimes that does mean taking a big fall um you know uh particularly i've found on instrumentals um there are some things there that you can you can play in your lounge room just acoustically it's on your lap and it's 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 working well yeah but as soon as you pop it through a big pa and work. suddenly all of those <laughs> overtones oh, are happening yeah. and harmonically and whatever else yep. and just suddenly it, it doesn't work but it, it, it at least then you've learnt okay uh, I need to you know not scrap it all together but just mm. find that bit that wasn't working and, mm. and, and change it um, so I think um, yeah that's kind of an important thing that you only learn in those sorts of environments mm. as well Do you find that you're able to bring out um new songs into a live setting um, quite early on. I mean, myself, I feel like I've got to rehearse a song quite a bit and have it in quite a finished state before I start playing it. And by then, it's almost too late to change it. Yeah, okay. Because it's written, I've got used to it. Yeah. 
and anything else beyond that, if I go back and change it, almost doesn't make sense. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, look, I think it's it's definitely a um a case by case sort of thing. Um, it as I say, generally it's more the instrumental side of things mm. where I am trying perhaps something that is a little bit different or a little bit harder for myself to play. Uh, technically, um, they're the ones that sort of stand out. We're like, wow, that didn't work, or um, yeah, that that did work. Um, but my little uh, my little formula for for doing that is um, I've got um, the first guitar I bought. Um, again, going back to you know um, listening to to Tommy. Um, it was my goal to to get a maiden guitar when I was younger, mm. and uh, worked really hard to to get there. Um, of course, I had no knowledge of what I was getting at the time, as long as it said, you know, um, it was a maiden guitar yeah. and it had that written on the headstock, I would be happy. Yeah. Um, so I ended up getting uh, a a big, huge dreadnought sized guitar. Yep. Um, and yeah, it was completely inappropriate for for my size. Um, And it's certainly the complete opposite of what I prefer to play these days. Um, But now I use it as essentially my my sort of litmus paper guitar, my test guitar. Right. If I can play it on that, then there's a good chance I'm I'm all over it when I put it on my (laughs) the smaller body guitars, um, which are just a lot more comfortable. Um, But yeah, my other little trick is um, particularly. Um, particularly the the lyrical songs, like I say, I, I still use a lot of those techniques in the the songs with lyrics as well. Um, but with those ones, I like to sort of rehearse them up to a point where I can be sitting on the couch and watching TV, even though I'm not watching TV, I'm yep. I'm rehearsing through it, but. I can be focused on something else, something in my peripheral vision yep. that means I'm not concentrating and necessarily looking down at the fretboard in order mm. to play it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of when I know it's ready because then right. I, I can go, okay, I can. It, it's muscle memory enough that I can, I can play it whilst looking at something else. And if I've got time to do that, then I've got time to be trying to, you know, engage with an audience as mm. well like move around or, or whatever that might be um so yeah that's kind of another little little thing um but i think the song determines it as well um there's some songs which uh i get you know excited about i'm like yes this you know this is a cracker i want to play it tonight like you know and yeah it, it might not be ready but yeah if you've got that excitement about it you'd you want to give it a go mm. um so yeah it can it can just depend on on what it is i think mm. so with some of your older songs that you've been playing for ages and you can probably just play you know your eyes closed and all that sort of thing do you find you improvise much on those songs live or do you keep them pretty straight how they've been written yeah they are to be honest they are pretty um pretty straight um like like i said before with with all of the different tunings essentially um you know as far as improvisation goes um it it can get 
pretty confusing to mm-hmm. go beyond what you've practiced and what you've what you've got yeah. in your in your mind. Um, I I think that's probably the one thing with um, alternate tunings is that you are sort of relearning the guitar each time, mm-hmm. um, and and not necessarily patterns or shapes, but just what works well with that tuning. Yeah. Um, and and for me. Yeah, that would be quite a nervous thing if someone sort of handed me a guitar and said improvise. Yeah, I'd be like, sure. oh, I'm not sure. Like, I'd like to prepare something if I could, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but in saying that, I think again, if we go back to the the theory of reading the room and that sort of thing, um, f- for a lot of the instrumental stuff that I do, uh, a lot of them will have different sections. Um, obviously, they're not sort of you know verse chorus or anything like that but they are parts mm. um and some songs can have you know quite a an, a broad number of of different parts um and of course that means that you can omit some of those parts if you're you're getting a sense that oh no this is not not <laughs> not getting you know not translating yeah. very well um and vice versa if if suddenly everyone has you know, stop talking and is now looking at what you're doing because it's interesting, then keep doing it, you know, mm. repeat it or... or, or um, Stretch it out a bit. Stretch it out a bit, repeat a, per- a particular part mm. that, that did that. Um, so, yeah, again, it can depend on from song to song and it can depend on what room you're in as well, so... Yeah, and um, it, the other day everyone was showing off their spotify plays for the year and how many streams how many countries they were played in yep, and it's quite yep. amazing really yeah and um you had none what's going That's on correct. Mate? yeah no i um <laughs> once again um it comes down to my lack of uh technology knowledge and abilities um <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah i'm kind of a bit old school in that sense I've, i'm not sort of i'm not a an activist is, you know, openly hating on streaming and free music and all of that big discussion that people get, um, you know, bogged down in. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I am kind of torn, to be honest. I'm not sure how I feel about that, that topic. Um, yeah. But, um, yeah, for me, not having anything, it's, it's purely because I don't have a Spotify account at all. Um, and, and that is, yeah... I, I like the the concept of working on an album. Mm. Um, I think uh, again, going back to half instrumental, half lyrical songs, that has to have a flow to it. Otherwise, it does seem quite strange if you only hear it one song at random. Yeah, uh, can be a very uh, skewed representation of the music that I play. Mm. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I, I'm very much like the concept of, of listening to an album start to finish and creating something that has a story that goes mm. from start to finish. Um, but yeah, I understand that that's obviously not the way that the, uh, the cool kids are listening to music these days. So I think I will sort of keep up at one point um well you're kind of the cool one now because you've shunned that whole thing that everyone else has jumped on you're like the one that's uh hasn't got a tattoo when everyone else does so (laughs) so what about so no itunes or anything uh i i do have my the first album i made uh is on itunes um 
but that's 2012 now. Mm. Uh, so that is kind of that was okay. So that was back when I would just started developing what I see as my style now. Yeah. Um, and I think back then I was still in the mode of, um, you know, multi-tracking a lot of things and uh, not having the playing ability to sort of pull it off in one take and one go. So with a lot of the songs uh, on that album, um, a lot of it was heavily sort of, sort of multi-tracked mm. uh, i will admit um, <laughs> um and it's certainly not uh, as i say a representation of of what i do now um because there was a lot of um instrumentation as well um i think that was part of the excitement of just being in a studio and and having a good mate of mine who had his own studio that we kind of had free access to and yeah whenever i had the the crazy idea of hey you know what i might put you know piano and strings to that as well like it was just open slather yeah. and and everything Why wouldn't you? everything got recorded yeah um and then it was it was unfortunately his poor <laughs> it was his job to try and make sense of it all um but um we we kind of got together on uh like public holiday weekends um, so we had like two or three days in a row um, to to do it, and by the time the next sort of public holiday weekend came along, it was like, well, um, I've actually got two or three more songs now. Can we do those as well? And it's like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And so <laughs> it just went on and on and on, and it just got more and more out of control. So um, yeah, with this new recordings that I've been sort of doing, it, it's it's I've. We've both had a, a meter on ourselves of when is enough enough, and yep. <laughs> when have I, when has it been overcooked? You so know, you're recording it, with the same guy. Recording with the same guy, yeah. Oh, he's cool. been um, again. He was one of the guys um, that uh, I originally was in a band with. He was actually one of the main motivations of me ever picking up a guitar. Oh, uh, cool. Was watching him play, um, and then yeah, instead of continuing on playing him bands together um he sort of went into audio engineering and and yeah. had uh, his own studio space and um yeah years down the track here we are we're doing it all again um he's lost the the studio space but um yeah we're still sort of finding our way of of recording things um so yeah with what's up and coming um i've actually been working on um an album and an EP, um, and right. they'll they'll be sort of released together. Um, so, like an album and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, again, like I said, uh, half of what I do instrumental, and then half uh, uh, songs with lyrics. Yeah. Um, but again, this this highlights my point before. Um, the album had to tell a story. Mm. Uh, from start to finish and there were certain songs that I'd come up with uh, in the the writing stage and the writing time that I'd given myself that didn't quite fit that mold right um, so they kind of got uh, omitted off the album and onto the EP sort of thing so the EPs actually um, funnily enough they are instrumental tunes yeah um, so that's that, but yeah, the the album had to sort of tell um, 
the story and the, the concept in full. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of why I sort of made that choice of, of doing the, the album and EP. Um, Can you tell to, us much together. about the concept and the story at this stage or is it under wraps? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so, um, yeah, unfortunately, um, yeah, it was a, a, a separation and then a, a, a marriage sort of that went by the wayside, unfortunately. Mm. That was the, uh, the spark for it all. Um, but for me, it was, it was quite a therapeutic thing yep. to do. Um, I sort of did uh, resort back to sort of being creative and, and isolating myself to sort of be that mad scientist that's working on something. And uh, there was lots of clanging going along in the workshop. And, but, yeah, <laughs> I was uh, coming up with something. Um, and, yeah, it was a really productive time awesome. um, because, yeah, I, I did need it at that point. It was a bit of a self-preservation um, therapeutic thing um, that it, that it was giving me, mm. but at the same time, I knew that it was. Um, I knew that it would be perhaps helpful to others at some point, um, and yep. of course, it was a very personal thing. Yeah. Um, but there was a very conscious decision to not make it a dark, melancholy, sad situation, because um, I was sort of living that. But I needed something else, you know, something to look forward to, something to to get me out of that. So, as much as you know, that's the the spark of the concept, and that was the beginning of it. Um, you know, by the end, um, all of the songs have a very positive spin on things, and mm. uh, try to make the best of a bad situation. That sort of you know type of um, underlying silver lining uh, mm. type um, theories behind it all. Um, and I knew that, you know, that, uh, as I say, it is very personal, um, but that's the type of thing that can be used on stage as well. And, and like we are saying before, like it's not necessarily the song itself, the lyrics and the chords and, everything else a lot of it can sometimes be well where is this song coming from mm. what's the message behind it and if i think if you're open enough and brave enough to put that out there as well yep it can actually help people understand what you're trying to get across you know and then help them if they're going through a similar exactly like how often does music help you exactly yeah and isn't music a beautiful thing that or and creativity a beautiful thing that you can turn to it yep in times like that and um, just confide in it yeah, and yeah. come out with something that's um, that's positive, I guess. Yep. Yeah, like you said, you it's a, um, very therapeutic. Yeah. And sometimes it, um, you know, it, it is the process. Mm. Um, it, 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 like you said before, of, of having that feeling of being grounded. Mm. Um, and obviously, yeah, that is a, a thing in front of a huge room of people in, uh, in front of an audience. But you can be sitting alone uh, in a room of four walls and still have that feeling. Yeah. Uh, and I think to, to feel that um, feeling of being grounded to 
occupying your mind with what you like to do um, and the process of writing music uh, and being creative and searching for something new within yourself mm. uh, can be a very powerful thing to to get you through a lot of mm. those sorts of feelings um, that might very quickly overwhelm you, overwhelm you the other way, you know. Yeah. Well, I can definitely say that music's been there for me many a times in those situations yeah. and some of the songs have made it, you know, into a, a live setting or onto an album, but some have just been there just for that that moment yeah because yeah. they're probably too personal yeah and um it was probably just for me didn't need to see the light of day but yeah it'd be interesting yeah. to go back to those um you know in 10 years time and just yeah see where i was at that that moment um uh you know because I, I sort of record everything i do just on the on the phone, so it's always there. So it'd yeah, be interesting yeah. to go back. You can but, go back to it, yeah. But yeah, it's the the great thing to have to fall back on in those moments. Yeah. So you don't go the other way, like you said. Yeah, and like you said, it, it if you can then use it as a um as a way of sort of helping other people. And when I say that, a lot of the time you don't know that you've actually done that either. Like no. you, you can have a song that's written about a particular specific subject, mm. um, but someone might hear a line of a lyric and yep. go, wow, that is exactly what I feel. That's exactly what I'm going through. Yep. But it's absolutely not. Like It, it, could, yeah. be, it <laughs> could be, you know, a, a very specific uh, sort of situation that you're referring to, but in their mind... They've heard that and it's made them feel better. That's all they need. In that moment. And yeah, you may not even know that. You might not. Mm. They might go home and you might go home and you'll never know that that's had an effect on them. But um, like I said before, it was definitely a conscious thing for me and for for what I was doing with this project was to to not sort of um, not use this thing that I have for, for evil, you know, yep. um, <laughs> not let the, uh, the darkness override it. And, and um, so, yeah, there was definitely a, a positive spin on a lot of the, the, the content um, within it. Um, so, yeah, it was a, a, a deliberate move, strategic. That's good. <laughs> and the, the B-sides... Do they go the other way? Uh, <laughs> no, no, not, not at all. Not the EP, just the B-side you keep for yourself. They're, oh, they're the well, dark ones. And- interestingly enough, um, so yeah, we, ha- we have been working on this album and EP together. Um, but yeah, funnily enough, in that time also, um, I have sort of decided upon um, another list of songs which have, have come out in that period of time as well. And they keep getting added to um, and have been since we started the recording. So it's another sort of sim- similar situation where we're working on this album. We've not even finished it yet. I've already got an EP of songs which didn't quite fit, but I have to have them out there because I <laughs> think they've got merit. So we're going to mash that together in an, uh, a combined release. But even after, whilst that's been happening, I've now got uh, at least, yeah, it's sort of, I think it's 10 getting on 12 
songs which mm. are ready to go for the next slot. So right. it's quite crazy, but um, they're the ones which I think may be a little bit more honest uh, in the next lot of songs. Okay. I think, um, as I say, I've sort of taken away from that that concept and, you know, that's a moment, that's a little chapter of my life and, yep. and that was a, a record of that, um, quite literally. Um, <laughs> but this, yeah, this next lot um, is a bit more... Um, off off the map perhaps and um yeah can go off in any direction <laughs> um and yeah i've noticed that um yeah perhaps a, a little bit more of the honest feelings behind uh what happened are coming through with that lot but okay. with those um it's probably going to be done a little bit differently right um and it may very well be released a little bit more song by song okay spotify friendly so who knows maybe by then i will uh, actually <laughs> have my things in order enough enough to uh to do that cool <laughs> so 2020 is that when we're going to see the the new album and the ep definitely yeah and i'm gonna say it here uh as a promise so that it is recorded and out into the <laughs> audio ether that yes, definitely. This it, goes on Spotify, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that that gives me uh, that gives me the the drive to actually live up to that now. But yeah, we we literally have got um, just the the vocals to do now, uh, and the final little touches that are, are lacking. Um, if we notice sort of any, and then of course, yeah, mix and master, which has sort of been happening as we go. Um, the other part that has caused a bit of a delay um, as well was, um, yeah, I kind of uh, found myself learning a whole new instrument in order to, to get it done. Um, and it was a funny little story. Um, with what I do on guitar, obviously a lot of it is quite rhythmic and percussion-based. Um, and I think that that was kind of the downfall with the first album was that I did incorporate a lot of hand percussion and that sort of thing but it didn't have the drive of a a real drum sort of sound right um, because obviously a lot of it was heavily done on the guitar itself Mm -hmm. um but yeah for the for the the album that we've been working on um there there are a few songs where we're sort of trying to combine a bit more of a, a band sound Yep. Um and I've never really incorporated other players with what I do. It it's it's always been such a solo thing in my mind. Um but yeah, finding a drummer that could could do that was kind of tricky. Um and what I wanted on on drums for the parts I didn't think would be sort of necessarily hard. Um and then I was sort of sitting and thinking, I thought, well, might as well do it myself. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> um, yeah, I kind of found myself getting the getting the gear. I got a, a small kit, and uh, oh. of course, once you delve into the world of buying stuff for a drum kit, it uh, becomes a bit of a, a very uh, much a, a rabbit hole that you could spiral down real quickly. Um, but then I had to sort of yeah learn how to to sort of play the parts that I wanted to be played. Mm. Um, And that was a bit of um, learning as well. So that took a bit of time out for me to do that. Yep. Um, But yeah, hopefully people can listen to it and go, that 
kind of sounds <laughs> like, drummer's a, awesome. like a drummer. <laughs> That's what I'm hoping. If I can fool people enough that they think a, an actual drummer did it, not a, a guitarist trying to be a drummer. Um, but it was fun. It was real fun. Wow. And um, I feel like it, it, it is a bit of a natural evolution of where I think the first album doesn't quite translate. Um, and now with what I'm working on, um, like it's not, it's not drums all the way through and it's, it's, as I say, it's nothing, I don't think terribly technical. Mm. Um, but, um, I think just the, the, um, the realness of it all, it, it's, it's, I'm looking forward to it sounding a lot better. So, <laughs> Ooh. yeah, so that was a, a, another reason why it's, it's sort of been a bit of a two year process to get to this mm. point and we've still got a bit to go. So. Um, but yes, 2020, it's you, coming. What I do you promise. reckon, mid-year or uh, I would earlier? like to think so. I would like to think yeah. so, if not a bit earlier. Yeah. Cool. Well, album launch and everything? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think it's definitely worthy. It's, it was, as I say, a big chapter of mm. my life and uh, I feel like it is not only was that time productive, but I feel I have a product. I feel that it is something that, um, I think people can relate to and and will enjoy coming to see the the show and and how it is played and how it is um how it is done. So yeah, I'd like to think um yeah we'll do the do the full thing with uh, cool. a few few videos and and a and a big album launch. Um, so yeah, all these things I have to think of. Awesome. <laughs> well, where can uh, everyone find you except? Obviously not on Spotify at this stage. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> um, so, yeah, at the moment, I've just got the, the standard socials of, of Facebook and Instagram. Um, just a quick note that Fisher is spelt quite a little bit differently. Um, so, it's P-H-I-S-H-A. Um, there's a, a, yeah, a few reasons with that. When I was uh, started off, there was, there was a lot of Mark Fishers out there and there was quite a broad majority of those that actually played guitar as well oh, wow. so i felt i needed to uh to stand out a little bit if i could even if it was just by changing a few letters um that was kind of my deal as well yeah <laughs> why i went with acoustic fox because my name was quite common yeah not yeah. so much in the music industry but just everywhere so yeah like, yeah no, i gotta change that a little bit that's so. right yeah and uh, it's those little things that can uh can either be really easy for people to remember yep. or you'll be forever asked, so why do you spell it differently mm. or why did you change your name and why has it got two X's at the end? And <laughs> What do I call you, acoustic? <laughs> <laughs> you can call me acoustic, that's fine, whatever yeah. you like. <laughs> so, um, yeah. yeah. Um, what were we talking about? Oh, the socials. The socials, you, YouTube yeah. as well you've got. YouTube, yeah. That, that is also something that I, I feel I have neglected to. I, I will be, um, be hopefully pumping that with some, some new material. Um, with, a, yeah, a lot of the new songs um, and probably even some sneak peeks of the new material for the next album that's happening as well because uh, I find myself that whenever I do take a video, it's generally if... Uh, I like what I've got happening and I don't want to rem forget yeah. how, how I'm playing it. Oh, right. uh, and a lot of the time that can involve 
you know, where are my hands at oh, any yeah, given time. True. So yeah. by taking a video, um, a lot of the time it's not to, uh, you know, show off a, a new song in high definition. It's, it's a really <laughs> crappy video just so I can remember what I was actually doing at that time. So, right. Um, but yeah, I think it is something that I should spend a bit more effort in trying to uh, play a song from start to finish and actually let people see it for what it is and not just uh, an ideas reel. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think of that when you were writing new stuff. I mean, you might just have a good memory anyway, but for me, like, I've got a really shit sort of memory. I'll write something and the next day I'll forget it. So yeah, I've got to yeah. write it down and record the audio, but for you, yeah, like, how do you, you couldn't write down all the taps. That's right, <laughs> yeah. the bridge of the That's, guitar here. Yeah. And then, and then, like, that'd be impossible. Yeah. And, and again, that's part of the, I guess, the visual sort of aspect of it. Um, which, again, like I said, that was part of the learning curve as well, you know, watching guys on YouTube and, mm. you know, go back to the start, watch it again, go back, slow that down. What's he doing? Where is that note coming from? How is he doing that? Um, yeah. And, yeah, I think it's only through... Uh, bad experience of, like you said, you know, writing something and thinking it's the best thing as you go to bed that night and then waking up <laughs> going, what was that? Yeah. And now I've lost it forever. Um, it's only because that has happened so many times that you go, you know what, I'm going to start writing things down um, and I'm going to start taking little snapshots of of what where my hands are, what they're mm. doing. Um, and yeah, particularly that was was with the tunings um the tunings lists has yeah grown quite a bit over the years to the point where if it wasn't written down um it's yeah very very easy to forget i was just thinking because I, I used to read a lot of guitar magazines and just you know learn the guitar tablature i couldn't uh read proper music but i mm-hmm. could read tablature and mm-hmm. obviously write it how would you tab some of like your style song. Yes. Have you seen it done? I was interested actually. And yeah, it, it has been done. Um, there are some guys there that um, that do tab a lot of their stuff. And it's quite a lucrative little part of mm. their merchandise list, funnily enough. Um, so yeah, there, there's quite a few guys um, who who do have them available. Uh, and a lot of them will have like a little legend at the start, which will mm. say what this symbol means and, and so forth. Um, I did go down that path as well of trying to to sort of get some of that so I could use that to find out how they were doing things. Um, but I'm, I'm kind of the same. My brain sort of works a little bit differently if I can mm. watch it um, and slow it down and replay it. To me, it makes a lot more sense than dots and squiggles and mm. numbers on lines and yep. so forth. Um, but, yeah, it is possible. It, it can be done. I, I have seen uh, and have books and books mm. at, at home of all of these crazy tabs that look really strange because wow. they're, they're full of all of those um, little techniques and inflections on the page. Yeah. <laughs> that would be a tough job, but, uh, yeah, it would have to be – you're gonna tap the song like that. You would have to include all the all the taps and the the knocks yeah, and stuff. Though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now one more serious thing before we we close out here. Yeah. Um, problem you've encountered as of I, I've seen it on your Instagram page is you're trying to restring your guitar 
and your cats keep tapping your guitar strings <laughs> like it's a toy. Yep. You know. It's- I I um yeah the the uh, the the times um that that's happened because uh, my boys that I've got at home they're they're uh, they're quite young um so they're still in the very playful sort of stages um and I realized very quickly that the whole process of restringing a guitar is far more entertaining mm. but also far more hazardous when you do have cats involved yep um yeah, at first I thought, oh, look how cute that is. You know, he's he's playing around with his very sharp, thin piece of metal. And <laughs> uh, then I, I I sort of stopped them as quickly as I could because I realized they're probably going to get themselves hurt. Yeah. Um, but as it was very, um, very entertaining. It but is. But very difficult. Yeah. And it takes a lot longer than it should, the restring. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, um, Thanks very much, Mark, cool, for, for coming on the show. Yeah, it's no been awesome to hear everything you've been saying, and I um, hope everyone's enjoyed the conversation. Uh, we should do it again next year, um, before or just after the yeah, album. Yeah, sound, that can, sounds like a good thing. We can um, share some new music. That'll yeah, uh, that'll be good. Yeah, for I'm, sure. I'm hoping to record next year too at some stage, but we'll see. Yep. Uh, but yeah, I'd like to chat with you about the album. Um, around the time when it's yeah, due to, due to for drop. Sure. So That'd be yeah. awesome. Thanks very much, Mark. Thanks for having me, man. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And uh, I'll chuck some links uh, for Fisher's music and uh, socials in the show notes as usual. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and we'll catch you again soon for another episode of Fox on the Wire. Thanks, Mark. Be good, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>